0: Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I really, really didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others on how they're handling their own lives. This week, I'm chatting with Katherine Murray Dickinson, founder and owner of Aaliyah, a clean beauty retailer that offers a curated selection of clean, ethically made makeup and skincare products. Not only is Alia a thriving online company, but it's also grown into five brick and mortar stores across the US. Over the past year, I've become increasingly more and more aware of both food I'm consuming and products I'm using on my body. I started realizing that fancy packaging and labels didn't mean products were guaranteed safe for you. So, I've been really trying my hardest to research products and companies that are clean. It's unfortunate that this is up to ourselves to find products that are safe and good for us. But that's the reality we're in, and that's why I'm so glad there's companies like Aaliyah who are helping to shine a light on what we should be using. Once that light bulb goes off in your head, that your foundation, moisturizers, deodorant, hair care products, et cetera, and all the chemicals and ingredients that are in them go right into your pores, I promise you, you're going to want to start making sure that what you're using is clean. I'm so excited to start talking with Catherine about how she founded Aaliyah and what products she even uses in her day-to-day. Now, with that said, get ready to turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy this episode, guys. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for coming on. Um, I'm so excited to kick this episode off because I think your company is just absolutely incredible and something that I think clean beauty in general has become such a topic of conversation over the past few years, and I think it's something that a lot of women should really focus on and pay attention to, because it's, it's really important. And I think ethically, like how companies make their products and you know what, just, I mean, paying attention to what's in the products in general is super important. So I'm so glad to have you on.
1: Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So I guess we'll just start off. um, You're the founder of Aaliyah. And yes. I mean, what's, I guess, how would you best describe your brand uh, and why was it founded?
1: So as you were saying that you've been spending more time thinking about the products you put on your face um, and on your body and shampoo and everything, you know, 10, almost actually now 13 years ago, I, um, when I first moved to Colorado, I was starting to get very sick and doctors didn't know what was wrong with me and they were medicating my symptoms, but I was I was like, I don't think I can drive on this medicine. I don't think I can work on this medicine. It was so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I cannot live my life this way. I have to figure out what the answer is. And it turns out I had developed uh, severe mice allergies. And this is, you know, well before Facebook really was even a thing, before Goop, before Well and Good, before mm-hmm. the resources we all have at our fingertips right now to kind of share commonality experiences and be able to self-identify and say wait that you know I'm like that Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: and so I really had to self-navigate this path and um I became an avid label reader because at the time nothing was labeled um and it my allergies were food-based so I would spend hours in Whole Foods like reading every ingredient and I became so um Alarmed by everything that was in our food, even at healthy, you know, "quote unquote" health food stores,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I that I really became an avid label reader. And one day, I was in my shower, and I had lived in New York City for many years. I was the VP of marketing and sales for a cosmetics company in New York. I loved my fun products. Mm-hmm. And one day, I was in my shower, and I was like, "Well, I wonder what's in my shampoo." And I turned it over, and it was this is a really nice high end salon brand. And I was like, this is toxic sludge. And I just remember standing there in my towel when I came out and I was like, I am going to replace everything in here with something that worked as well or better, but has nothing bad for me in it. Because when I had done that with my food, I was instant, like literally when I say it, when I changed my diet in two weeks, I was a different human being and I didn't need medicine anymore. And then I was mad at my doctors because I'm like, why wasn't that your first step? So I Mm -hmm. kind of realized that this is on us to do for ourselves and that, you know, nobody else is going to do it for me. So one day I, I, and again, this is before Facebook, before influencers, before blogs were a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was having to scour the internet to find these products. And it was three months and $150 later and I'd found a shampoo and I was like, nobody has the time or money that I am putting into this. It's insane. And for years I just kept being like, where is the store I can shop? And know that everything's clean. There's no greenwashing because that was driving me crazy. You know, I just wanted something easy. So I went into Sephora and I said, give me a clean shampoo. And they sent me home with a product, um, you know, that since has major suits about it. But it's also, (laughs) they're like, oh, this is totally natural. And I don't think the person was being dishonest. I think they were just doing, you know, repeating what they had been taught. Mm -hmm. And I had turned it over and it had sulfates. It had to ingredients banned in the EU for being carcinogenic. And I don't think people realize that the last time the laws in the United States were changed regarding ingredients in our products was in the 1930s.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, wow. And think about all the chemicals and the preservatives and everything else that have come since then. They've never been tested for safety. Um, and even more so, they've never been tested in um, like in combination. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of tests saying, oh, at this level, it's, it's safe, you know, at point, whatever parts per million, it's safer on human products. But I don't think they're really taking into consideration also that women are using 26 products. So there's a cumulative effect. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, basically I kept wanting to just shop my store and finally about, five and a half, six years ago, the universe aligned and kind of put a strong hand at my back and said, you're going to go do this. And so I, um, I started Aliyah. I launched online in December of 2014, but really the business started growing when I opened my first brick and mortar store in May of 2015. Um, so I am almost, my stores are almost five years old now.
0: Wow. That's such a journey. And I think it's so interesting. You you said you sort of had that aha moment where you realized, wait, what am I putting on my body and on my, on my skin? And for me, that started, I think, with like food and what I was consuming, like physically. And then it turned into, okay, what products am I using? Um, and I
1: think that's the very natural progression that most people go through. I mean, it's what I mm-hmm. went through. And I think, you know the whole wellness movement is it's because people are realizing they're sick and tired of being sick and tired right and so they make these changes themselves with their diet and it's you know the first time you have a like a real green juice it's it's more energy than any caffeinated drink could give you in a much better way and mm-hmm. i you start to kind of put the pieces together of like oh wait this is actually really important and mm-hmm. so i think once you kind of have that revelation you start looking around like What else can I improve? What else could I be doing better for myself, for the environment, for the planet?
0: Sure, of course. And so I feel like a lot of people who, you know, don't know about this whole world of clean beauty, I feel like there's a lot of conversation many of the times with vegan and cruelty-free. And for people who maybe see those words and don't understand What they mean entirely? How would you best explain? Like, what is a vegan product? What is a product that's cruelty free?
1: Um, That is a great question, and people need to understand one does not equal the other. Mm -hmm. So, vegan means there is no animal product in it. Um, In the many of our most of our products are vegan. There are some that are not because they do have um, beeswax or honey. So it depends on kind of how you feel about as a vegan, about those two ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but vegan is there are no animal byproducts in the pack, in the product. However, they could then take those vegan products and, you know, a lot of um, the big box brands um, that you would see at Walmart and Target, they go then sell those into China. Now, mm-hmm. China requires animal testing. So vegan does not... For one second mean that it's cruelty free it's just about the ingredients in the product cruelty free means that the ingredients and the final product have not been tested on animals mm-hmm. um so it's important to find if that's something truly important to you it's important to find a brand that is both vegan and cruelty free so every single product that alia is cruelty free not every product, most are vegan, some are not because of, as I said, mostly because of honey and um, beeswax.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's super interesting. And I I feel like it's important to know that difference because not everybody is exposed to the terminology or is familiar with the concept. And when you just, you know, read labels, I I feel like a lot of people, you know, I, I remember telling people about vegan products back like a few years ago and, you know, older generations, sometimes they assume like, oh, like that's for food though. Right. And I like, I would say, no, like you're, you know, the products and again, whether it be your shampoo conditioner, um, anything, you know, that's made from an animal, like, you know, a food product or, you know, a product that you like consume. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really important differentiation to understand there's a lot of people that, yeah, mistakenly think because it's vegan, it's
1: cruelty-free. And that is absolutely not the case. And you need to make sure that the brand is really aligned to the cruelty-free cause. Mm -hmm. um, And two, that they're not selling into China. Because if they are, then it's required that they test on animals.
0: Interesting. And with Aaliyah, I mean, you have, I mean, I've just been stalking your website. I can't wait to make a couple <laughs> purchases now that I'm home. There's like nothing to do, but like check out makeup and skincare. Um, you have a wide variety of products and like vegan, cruelty free. Um, with that, now you have your brand that's solely the Aaliyah brand, correct? And then you also carry various other products from different companies.
1: Um, we, there's only one product that we really co-created, um, with, a, a body moisturizer called Organic Bath Co. And it's something that we do look to, um, want to explore expanding on is creating more of our own online, but 99% of the store is, I have just curated what I believe to be the best of the best of clean beauty, where it's that um, meets my standards I did not want to rub patchouli oil on and call it a day um, mm-hmm. you know as I said i lived in New York City for 10 years i um, I just I love a red lip. I want a mascara that doesn't run I want you know I don't didn't think I had to sacrifice any of my beauty standards in order to be clean and cruelty free sure. and so I curated those products for for myself and then obviously now for other people.
0: Awesome. So I'm super interested to hear, um, I really want to know about your skincare routine and your beauty regimen. I mean, what are products that you really live by and use in your typical day to day? Yeah. Um,
1: now I, my skincare routine is actually very simple and it's, that's kind of how my, what my skin reacts best to. I mean, we have some phenomenal products in the store that. Um, because the the botanicals are so active, and I think people don't realize that botanicals can be incredibly active. And for ninety nine percent of the people, they work amazingly. And I think they work. I think skincare, natural skincare, actually works better than um, a lot of the commercial. But my my routine is very simple because that is what my skin reacts best to. Um, I really have been loving. Um, there's a new brand we just called on brought on called beauty um b-e-u-t-i it's out of london um kate middleton is uses the brand I i'm sold <laughs> so my Nighttime routine i know so my at night i like to use the josh rosebrook complete moisture cleanse and then i use um the kipris has a moonlight catalyst which is a natural retinol alter- alternative so it uses fermented pumpkin enzymes to help reduce the appearance of fine lines and it really helps brighten my skin. And then the beauty face oil, um, it's the sleep elixir and it just calms redness. I'm, I'm very Irish. So I have a lot of pink in my skin. So I feel like <laughs> it really helps calm the pink in my skin. And then I'll use um, the Alpin eye cream. So I, you know, a pretty simple routine in the morning. um I, like to either mask or exfoliate. Um, I love the, the Kipris, uh, their deep forest clay mask is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. And then I love the Suki exfoliate foaming cleanser in the shower. Um, you know, kind of using one or the other. And I use awesome. only use the exfoliate cleanser like two or three times a week. And then um, really I just use a hyaluronic serum. Uh, Josh Rosebrook has a really nice plant-based one. And then, Daily Squalene Oil, um, and that's when it's really inexpensive. Um, I mean, it's thirty-two dollars. It's one ingredient, so I've never had anybody react to it, and it just makes your skin baby soft. And it's been one of my favorites for um, since the day we opened. And there's a lot of other great ones that I would recommend too for people whose skin enjoys more of an active ingredients. But I, like I said, my skin likes a very simple
0: routine. Awesome. That was the one thing I was going to ask is because like right now, I mean, we're literally in the dead of winter. It's like gross Mm -hmm. and cold up here in Pennsylvania and it's so dry and my skin has been so dry right now. And especially that, you know, I just moved from New York to Pennsylvania due to Corona at the moment. I feel like the water change as well just has my skin so dry. I, I'm like looking at serums and I was going to ask you a serum <laughs> that you recommend. That's yeah, awesome. So I
1: think, um, Hey, I think a hyaluronic serum. So Josh Rosebook has one. I also really love the Osea one. Um, but, and then I would go to almost more of a face. Um, so okay. my uh, May Lindstrom, the blue cocoon is divine. Um, I also, like the Maya Chia um, Press Serum.
0: Amazing.
1: The, um, um, and those are more of like a bomb face oil, um, and they're just so deeply hydrating. Um, I have one aunt who literally, she just like gives me all the hydration, and when she finally discovered May Lindstrom's Blue Cocoon, it was life-changing to her. And then I also have another cousin who's uh, male, and he has really bad like rosacea eczema and he it has changed his skin as well so those are both phenomenal for the deep winter months
0: great yeah and I'm gonna leave a link to Aaliyah's page in the episode description so that listeners can go right immediately after this episode can go right online and start (laughs) looking for all these products
1: (laughs) yes I can send you the links to all of to my A.M.P.M. PM skincare routine, if perfect. you want that, as well as I'll send you links to the two serums.
0: That'd be perfect. Awesome. And
1: then for, for hair, I love the Rawa Hydration Shampoo and Conditioner, okay. and I always had, I have very fine hair. I have a lot of it, but it's very fine, and it can be limp. And when I, you know, was using conventional shampoos and conditioners, the the silicones and the conditioners would just weigh my hair down, That I always felt like I had flat hair. Mm-hmm. And when I switched to natural hair care, I was like, oh my goodness. I'm like, I have volume. I have <laughs> like almost half a wave in my hair. It's crazy the difference that your hair and skin has when you switch to clean products. Oh, definitely. Um, and I used to also like could not get the conditioner out of my hair fast enough Whereas like, the raw conditioner, inner sense. Um, I also love, but you know, I normally now put shampoo, my hair first thing, put the conditioner in and then do everything else in the shower, you know, scrubs and shaves. And then the last thing I do is rinse the conditioner out. But it's Mm -hmm. one of those ones that you can put in, you know, scalp to tip and really let soak into your hair. And it, I, you know, my hair doesn't get greasy or limp, which I love.
0: Oh, perfect. Perfect. That's another thing I'm going to have to check out because I'm like, again, same thing with my, my skin, my hair too, in the winter. I don't even know if that's like a weird thing, but it gets very dry and it's not as hydrated. And that's something too. like, I I do more conditioner treatments and just, yeah, try and keep it in check as I can. (laughs) But I know because the winter, literally, it's this time of the year too, like February to March, when it's just—I mean, like Woodland, Pennsylvania, it's so dry, and oh my goodness, it's taken a toll on me.
1: (laughs) It's crazy. When I first moved to Colorado, I was—I had to change everything from when I was in New York. I had to change my skincare, and this was even before I found clean beauty, but. I had to change my shampoo and conditioner, my skincare, my whole thing. And I can't tell you one of our stores is kind of right by in downtown. So it's right near all the hotels mm-hmm. and people just come in like, I need moisture. They're like, I've never experienced anything so dry. Right. Um, so it's, you know, in the winter months are hard and we're, especially now we are all really uh, inside. So right. just kind of having that dry heat that, you know, the HVAC systems kind of pump out that really, I think just sucks the moisture right out of your, your skin. Oh, so I think sure. a, it's important to drink a lot of water, um, mm-hmm. and then hydrate, hydrate, hydrate.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, and that's great that you brought up your stores. Um, cause that's something I, I did want to talk about. Now you have a couple different shops across the U S right.
1: Yes. We have, um, we are in five different cities. So I'm in Denver, Charleston, Charlotte, Raleigh, and Atlanta.
0: That's amazing. So like, was any of this, I, am just very curious. Um, was any of this in your plan from like the get go? Like, did you think the company would transform that you'd have so many brick and mortars?
1: Uh, I, you know, a lot of it kind of evolved originally. I thought I would just be online and I, I was still there I was five years ago was still kind of early into the clean beauty movement mm-hmm. um, none of my friends were really into it and I think a lot of people pers- had the perception that clean beauty doesn't work um, you know their only exposure to it was you know whatever would be at natural grocers or at Whole Foods mm-hmm. um, there was not that elevated clean beauty shopping experience yet that is starting to to evolve in the industry um and so i i did have a hard time getting traction at first online but i had this little suitcase with all the samples of the products in my in the store and so whenever any of my friends got into that they'd be like oh wait this really works and then they would start to switch and i realized very quickly i was like okay i need a store because people really need to be able to see it and touch it and feel it and smell it and i do think It's one of the reasons that you know through uh, a retail downturn that stores like Sephora and Ulta and still thrive, and it's Mm -hmm. why the beauty floor of most retailers is their most successful piece of their business. Right. Um, I remember when I was in New York. I think Henry Bendel's, which is no longer there, but the first floor was their makeup floor, and the the whole store was, I think, five stories, and that one first floor of makeup and beauty did more business than the other four floors combined. Wow. Um, I know. So it's, and it's because women, you know, want to experience it and smell it. Mm-hmm. Um, now women are much more omni-shoppers where they'll come in, try things, figure it out in person on the first time, then go home, reorder a few times, then come in again, see what's new. So it's much more of an omni shopper, Mm -hmm. Um, but my biggest online markets um, happen around my physical stores,
0: and it's for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, too, before. Like, they say, I mean, literally, like, buy stock and self-care because people will go to the stores. You know, that's been... I feel like over the past couple of years, like brick and mortars have been closing. But when it comes to, like you said, places like Ulta and Sephora and even like lingerie brands, like they've been doing very well because people still want to go in the store again, like you said, try things out in person.
1: Absolutely. I mean, buying a bra online is hard. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to, and it's the same thing it's really hard to match a foundation online. Right. Um, you know, we have a great customer service. Um, when I say team, it's for, you know, me and one other person, <laughs> and we're, you know, we're, we've gotten pretty good at send us a picture and we can help you do this over, you know, online, but without that, it still takes that human connection and touch to help get there. Um, But, you know, it's really hard to just look at a static website and say that color works and it, you know, that's the coverage I want. and That's how I want it to sit on my skin and it doesn't, you know, cling to dry patches or make my pores look big. And it gives the finish I want and the coverage I want. And that's something you really experience in store. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get to, you know, pick and pick across different brands. I can't tell you how many times someone comes in and they're like, I want this foundation. And I can tell about just by looking at their skin that, and what they're wearing or, you know, what they're, what existing makeup they're wearing that I was like, you think you want that one, but I think you want this other one. (laughs) And like, I'll do like faces on them. I'll take all their makeup off. I'll be like, okay, this is the one you're asking for. And this is the one I think you would might like better. And you know, 80% of the time I can usually (laughs) get it right. But You know, it's to be able to try things on side by side and to say, okay, these are the two foundations I'm thinking about, which one looks better, or these are the two blushes. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be able to experience them in person um, rather than having to like buy and return or buy and be stuck with something that you don't love.
0: Awesome. Definitely, definitely. So, I mean, like we said, your your company has grown so much over the past couple of years. I mean, are there any plans for the future or any new, you know, sort of projects that you're working on?
1: Um, right now <laughs> with Corona, I think we're all a little bit on pause. Right. I do have a goal to kind of keep growing Aaliyah. Um, I think the one thing we've done really well is to kind of tap into these um, you know, the non New York LA markets. Um, I have, mm. there's only two or three of us in kind of in the country doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I think there's one off boutiques around, but in terms of really wanting to establish a national presence and be a clean beauty destination. And my competitors are all kind of tripping over each other in, in the city, but I'm, you know, the only one that's really, and I think that's part of when I moved to Denver, I couldn't believe how underserved they were and you know, mm-hmm. my friends here are just as chic and progressive and fashionable as my friends in New York, but for some reason, they're not being serviced the same way by the, the beauty and fashion industry. So to yeah. me, it was important not to be the fourth store in New York City, but to be the first store in Atlanta and the first store in Charlotte and the first store in Raleigh and really help bring clean beauty to everybody um, because there is a big, wide world um, that exists between New York and L.A. that is mm-hmm. eager and excited for these products and to be able to see them in person. You know, right? Definitely. Even still to this day, clean beauty is very much an online experience unless you're in New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. And so I can't tell you how many people, you know, are just walking by one of my stores and are like, oh my goodness, like, I get to see this in person. Yeah. You know, right. I never see these brands all in person. This is so exciting. So that part is fun too. But people really do want, it beauty is still very tactile and experiential mm-hmm. for people as they, customers as they shop. So.
0: Especially, yeah, so Especially yeah, so clean I do beauty. I want
1: to expand stores and I also obviously would love to start working on creating our own brand.
0: Amazing. And what would you, for people who are interested in clean beauty but have no idea where to start, what's your best advice for like, how, how people can self-educate on it?
1: Um, there are some great clean beauty um, bloggers that I love. Um, this Organic Girl, Bare Beauty, Girl Gone Green um, are just a few that pop to the top of my head. Um, but finding really good, I think, green beauty bloggers can be great um, Is you know, in terms of like learning about all the brands. Two is finding a retailer that you trust. Um, and then for the experience, you know, everyone always asks, "How do I transition to clean beauty?" Um, I'm mm-hmm. a big believer in just as something runs out, you know, start looking to replace it. You know, there are sure. high-turn items. You know, usually we're going through our foundation, our shampoo, or mascara every three months ish. So mm-hmm. that's an easy one to just start to switch and you know start trialing new ones and switch into the routine. I also say, um, you know, body surface, you know, if we're absorbing this all, you know, your body moisturizer and the body scrub is a little, to me, a little more important than, let's say, an eyeshadow, mm-hmm. Um because, just because of the surface area that you're covering. And then the third thing is I say, pay attention to, I call them like the sensitive areas. So a deodorant, um, which is, you know, obviously very closely linked to um, deodorants have been found, you know, that's one of the first things that when my a couple of my friends have had breast cancer, the first thing their doctors tell them to switch out is their deodorant, just because of the proximity to the glands. Mm. Um, You know, lipsticks, because you ingest it. Um, So really, those kind of, and then again, shampoos and conditioners, because you're using them while you're in like a steamed shower with your pores wide open, that to me is important. So those are kind of like the three areas to attack, I you know, or to I don't want to say the word attack, but it, those are the mm-hmm. three areas that I would focus
0: on to really hone um, in on, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, and then I I do like to you know conclude by asking our guests, you know, as an entrepreneur, and since this is handling it, and it's all about you know dealing with life's ups and downs as an entrepreneur, what was like the biggest life lesson you learned, or maybe a piece of advice that you hold near and dear to you. That's helped you get through a lot.
1: Um, I mean, there's definitely, it's been a wild learning experience. Um, something my dad said to me, you know, and drilled into me when I was little is like nothing ever beats smarts and hard work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's more the steady, pushing the boulder up the hill. There is no lightning bolt kind of thing to the top, but really if you put in the work every day, it, Get you there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that to me is one of the biggest ones. And the other one I tell everyone is I learned the hard way up front is let the experts do what the experts do. Mm -hmm. Um, I, in an effort to save money in the beginning, I tried to be my own lawyer, my own accountant, my own, and I would... You know, botch everything. When I finally hired an accountant in, I found out I was supposed to be paying taxes monthly, not yearly. I thought it was just like I filed taxes, like when I filed <laughs> my personal taxes.
0: Right. That
1: was not, that is not the case. And so I had to like pay all these fees because I hadn't, pay, I was supposed to be paying taxes monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Every time I tried to like be my own lawyer or be my own. Um, accountant or be my own professional name insert here. Um, it, it just has never worked out. And mm-hmm. it also takes a hundred times more longer than it should. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is time that you should be focusing on doing what you really excel at.
0: Right. Um, so I know I'm the same you, exact way to
1: outsource those things.
0: I'm the same exact way. Like you try and step up to the plate and you think you got it, but then you really yeah, learn the hard I, way. Okay. I want to make
1: there are some changes I need to make to the site. Do I go and spend 20 hours learning to code or do I go and hire someone <laughs> and spend those 20 hours doing, you know, email blasts or things that I do well and mm-hmm. generate more business. Totally. So it's, it's, knowing what your skill sets are and really leaning into those and bringing in help for, for the rest.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: And also I think hiring a good team, I think you get what you pay for. um, Mm -hmm. And the more you can really hire people who are truly vested and great at what they do. Um, You know, there's a time for a freelancer and there's a time when you really need to Hire someone fantastic, and I think definitely um, that that money is always well spent.
0: Definitely. Well, awesome! Thank you so much for coming on, Catherine. This has been such no, a great thank talk. You. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk soon. So nice chatting with you. All right, guys! Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you loved hearing from Catherine and learning about her story. I'm so happy to say that right after our chat, I actually went and ordered some products from Aaliyah off of their website. And not only did they arrive less than two days after I ordered, and that was with free shipping, by the way, but I literally loved every single product I got. I chose a wide variety of skincare and makeup products, everything from SPF, uh, tinted serums, to facial rollers, blush, uh, nail polish even, and I literally loved all of it. And my skin reacted beautifully to it as well. So definitely check them out. Their link is in the episode description. And let me know what you think of the episode. You can find us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast. That's right, at Handling It Podcast. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you again. I can't wait to keep bringing you some awesome episodes over the next few weeks. But in the meantime, make sure to keep handling it. And I'll talk to you soon.